0: Welcome back, everyone. As always, I want to leave you here today with more value and inspiration than you came here with. Today's guest is the epitome of girl boss and resilience. She is here today to talk to us about her struggles, her journey, and her life path in general in order to get where she is today, owning her hair salon called the Opal Society in York, Maine. She specializes in wedding and bridal hair, and she truly believes that self-care and taking care of number one in your life in order to serve everyone else is how you become a successful person or entrepreneur we talk about her journey we talk about her going back to school for her mba and if you are feeling lost or just confused right now in your life just because of the world in general this episode definitely brought grounding principles to my life and i cannot wait for you to listen Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Lily Grace Lifestyle Podcast. Today I have Lauren on today to talk about her hair business and her hair studio and just her lifestyle in general. So a question that I would love to ask you is what defines your lifestyle?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. First of all, hi everybody. <laughs> um nice to virtually meet you. So something that defines my lifestyle is <clears throat> I'm definitely like a go-getter. Um but relaxing and I don't know, just self-care always comes first over here Mm. because if you can't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of anybody else. Um, That's something that I like truly, truly believe in and something that I have actually started to focus on in the last like year or so Um, just because I've had so many things going on and have learned the hard way. I've definitely been somebody that has um, gone through a lot of trials and tribulations to get where I am. Um, So my lifestyle is definitely take care of number one. So then you can Mm. step in and take care of everybody else as well.
0: Definitely. I totally agree with that because I feel like us go-getters, like it's at least for me, like I burn out and I'm like, oh gosh, I need to just take a minute and like relax. So I can't wait to get into your story. So can you give us your little introduction, your background story for those of us who don't know you and yeah, just give us a little detail.
1: Yeah. So I'm Lauren. I'm originally from York, Maine. Um, And I was actually just telling Lily, right before we hopped on that I'm moving back to York. I live in Mm -hmm. Elliott right now, but my fiance and I just bought our dream home in York. So super, super excited to get back there. (laughs) Yeah, so excited. Um, York is awesome. But I am turning 30 in October, which is crazy. I'm getting married in June. um, But I actually opened up a hair salon called the Opal Society back in September, September 1st, 2020, um right in the smack dab middle of the pandemic which is crazy but mm. so a little bit about myself um I graduated from the University of Maine in 2013 to be nobody ever guesses it but I my major was secondary education in English so I was planning on being a high school English teacher mm. um and always had a passion for cosmetology. Um, And I just knew, I didn't even actually end up teaching at all. Um, In the middle of my student teaching, I was like, yeah, this just is not for me. And I I knew that I wanted to get into cosmetology. So um, the month after I graduated, you mean I I went to cosmetology school at Empire. Mm -hmm. um, And, right after I graduated from empire, I started working at my first salon. Um, and I was actually only there for about like nine months because I knew that I wanted to work for myself. Mm. I always, always knew I wanted to work for myself. I'm super independent. Um, but I just didn't know exactly where, what, for who, you know, um, Mm. and I, ended up doing the complete opposite. Um, I'm kind of somebody that is super spontaneous and just does whatever she wants to do. But I knew I always, always wanted to work for myself, but I knew that I, I, it just wasn't time. Mm -hmm. So I ended up working, um, for a recruiting agency in downtown Portsmouth for Mm -hmm. four years. Um, and during those four years, I worked part-time at a hair salon as well, and I was basically working so five so Monday through Friday for the recruiting agency, and then going into the salon on Saturdays.
0: Oh wow! And that's
1: really where my my wedding um, business bloomed because in the summers I did have a clientele, but most weddings are on Saturdays, and mm-hmm. it was I just loved working with brides. Um, And so then after four years of working for the recruiting agency, I I knew that it was time to, I I knew it was time to go out on my own. Um, I had put my time in working for the man (laughs) and, um, that's where I was like, I I gotta take care of number one. Um, and Mm. so. Before truly going out on my own and opening up my own salon, I I went back to school and I got my master's in business from Merrimack College just to set myself up because my undergrad was in education, Mm -hmm. um, so I really didn't have any sort of business background, but um, I'm super, super happy that I did go back and get my master's in business just so I had some sort of background, and that led me to open up the Opal Society.
0: Wow. I love that story. I <laughs> would never have guessed either that um you were doing English education. That's so funny. When I was super young, I wanted to be a teacher too, but then I was like, Oh, maybe not. I want to work for myself. So, so I totally understand that. And I'm glad you said you went back t- for your MBA and that it was worth it. Do you ever wish that you didn't go to school that your first four years? I have always had the philosophy that nobody can
1: take your education away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also completely understand that if you have this passion and you know, like, college is super expensive. Yep. And if you know that, you know, in your heart of hearts that you want to be um, your own boss, or if you want to go into a trade, um, go for it. Yeah. But I know that I mean, I had the best four years of my life in undergrad. It was almost <laughs> like, yes, I got my my um, my undergrad degree. Yep. But I also gained so much more, like all right. the friendships, the experience, you know, living away from home for the first time. Yes. I think even though we call it college, you know, quote-unquote <laughs> fake life. <laughs> yeah. It was worth every single penny, but I also am not like, no, you absolutely have to go to college. And right. So I kind of have like a split philosophy on it.
0: Huh? No, I think that's really good to have because, um, I'm still in college. I'm gonna graduate in August. It's exciting, but I just think good it's you. In- thank you. <laughs> it's interesting. And I think it's good that people tell their stories, like what you're saying, because some people I know who are my age are almost graduated or graduated and they still don't know what they want to do after four years mm-hmm. or they're still feeling a little lost. But like your story, like you kind of meandered a little bit, went back to school, yes. and then really yes. found what you wanted to do. And it's like okay to do that.
1: Yes, a hundred percent. And you know, I wouldn't have been able to go get my master's degree without my undergrad. Right. And I think it's just more so if if people can see it more of like a whole experience Mm. rather than oh, I have to go to school (laughs) for four years. You know, it's something that nobody can take away from you. And that is so powerful. And nowadays it's like you need to have that's like the minimum to have a solid job out of college, um, Mm. or, or really like out of high school. Um, and it's like, who knows what they want to do right out of college or, or out of high school. So I think any experience is great experience because whatever you do, like, let's say, so for example, um, the recruiting agency that I worked for. Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved that job, and I knew that it wasn't something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life, (laughs) but I gained so much from that experience. Right. More so I knew that it's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And that's so, that's awesome to find out because that's one thing that I know, okay, I loved that, but it's just not, it doesn't fuel my passion, which made me want to go after what I really wanted even more.
0: Hmm. Yes. No, that is so that's so powerful right there, because I feel like a lot of people might be stuck in this certain job or this certain major and they're like, oh, this is the rest of my life. But they need to realize, like, no, you can do so much more with your life. And this is just a stepping stone, just an experience, like you said. So that is so powerful. I love that. Um, so let's talk about more your salon and your business. So how did you start the Opal Society? Yeah. So
1: um, stemming from, you know, wanting to work for myself, I um, did, I worked for a salon um, and I was a booth renter. So we were all independent contractors Mm. and it really just inspired me to take that one step further of opening up my own salon. And truly, I mean, it's kind of weird to say, but COVID kind of presented this opportunity Mm -hmm. Um, So it was back in, I want to say either April or May. Mm -hmm. Um, I just started thinking about it because I was out of work. I wasn't working. Um, And because of the pandemic and during the, you know, the quarantine shutdown, Mm -hmm. And it really made me think, I mean, like when you're by yourself, like day in and day out, like just thinking about everything, you know, Um, and how everybody's lives are kind of upside down. I was talking to my family um, about like, you know, what I want to do. And my brother Thomas was there um, and he was like, actually, like, I think I know of a space that's available. And I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe like, I don't know. And so then it's so funny. I come from a family of entrepreneurial spirits (laughs) and he took it upon himself to call the number that was like outside on the, like the little like for sale or for lease yeah. sign, and so he called me and he's like, "Hey, yeah, I just spoke to the guy on the phone. Um, his name is so and so, and he's expecting your phone call. Um, he can meet you there like today or tomorrow." And here I am like at home, like I have no excuse to like, not go meet him because um, like what am I gonna say? Like I'm not working. I
0: know. <laughs> um, That's so funny.
1: So- Mike and I, my fiance and I, um, and my dad went to go meet him for Mm -hmm. the space and we were just kind of looking at each other like, okay, so this space is literally perfect. (laughs) And it was the only space that I looked at Lily and it was, I mean, it's in the most perfect location for us right now. Um, it's right in the center, like right off of Route 1 in York. Yep. And we, I mean, I, I laid out all of the pros and cons. Truly the only con of that time was, was COVID because mm. I'm like, you, we just don't know. Back in April and May, it was kind of like, we have no idea where we'll be. Right. Um, and I just, I took the opportunity because I'm like, I don't really have anything else going on and why not? Why not just ride this wave? Why not take the risk? And I will say that I am a risk taker. Um, you know, not I'm not so risky that I live my day to day being like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I am a cautiously optimistic risk taker. And mm-hmm. this was something that I just knew, like, um, that was going to work out. So lo and behold. We, I got the space in July and we completely renovated it and we opened up September 1st, 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, there were some days where I was like, is this even going to happen? Like, I don't, I had many sleepless nights, um, maybe a few tears here and there, you know, um, just really not knowing, but I knew in my heart of hearts that it was going to work out. And that's what got me through.
0: Wow. Wow. I love that. And you're telling your story of resilience. Um, and I love that you took an opportunity and turned it into yeah. something beautiful out of something not so beautiful COVID. But I feel like so many of these entrepreneurs that I've talked to recently have said, if it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't have my business, which is a weird thing to say to some people, but it's so true because the opportunity presented itself. So can you talk a little bit about resilience in general? Absolutely. So, I mean,
1: resilience to me is somebody who can be beaten down and beaten down and beaten down and still get up every single day, even when it's so hard. Mm -hmm. When it's like, you know what? Like, I just keep getting, you know, so many no's. That's, that's, I feel like so many entrepreneurs go through so many failures. But to the flip side of that, it's kind of getting back to what I was saying earlier was, They see it as another opportunity. Yes. So failure is knowledge. It's some of the best knowledge that you can have. Um, And and a resilient person is going to continue to be like, okay, that didn't work for me, but I know that it didn't work for me. So I'm not going to do that again. (laughs) And they go after the next best thing. And then they learn something from that. And then eventually they get to where they're at. But I feel like a resilient person doesn't stop there. Mm-hmm. they're continuing to just they don't reinvent the wheel they learn from others they are constantly just moving forward moving you know not and also not just for themselves but a resilient yep. person is somebody who helps others and shares their knowledge I mean mm-hmm. knowledge is power share the wealth <laughs> um it doesn't always just have to be financially successful like right. somebody recently actually asked me how I measure my success. And I feel like I might be totally making this up, but I feel like a lot of people nowadays would measure their success in like monetary value. Mm -hmm. And I don't, um, I think doing whatever you want to do, as long as that you love it, I don't care if you're making (laughs) just getting by knowing that you will get somewhere, um, that you want to be. And so how I measure my success is through productivity. Mm. And just by getting my space was something that was so successful to me. And I was losing money at that time. You know, I, I, I'm like, I don't have, I'm not working. I'm out of work, but I'm still going to do that. And that is a resilient person to me that knows that it's going to just work out when the times are
0: the toughest yes oh my gosh yeah I cannot agree more I feel like I totally agree with all that you just said there and because you're right it's all about taking those opportunities and you mentioned a couple times some like difficult times like what is maybe one point in your career or the past few years or even this year that you really had to kind of get over in order to get where you are today so the, the biggest
1: thing that, that I can share with you, and it's a personal story, um, and I have kind of started to tell it over you know, my social platform of, of Instagram, but mm-hmm. I was in a relationship coming out of college that I thought I was going to be with this person for the rest of my life. Um, and this is like, well before I met my now fiance, Mike, who is literally the best person ever. I love it. (laughs) And I can say that I can say that he's, he's amazing. Um, but the person that was in my life at, at, um, the time of when I was graduating college, we were in a very serious relationship and I was actually engaged to him, um, a couple years after college. And it wasn't until we broke up and that I was like I don't know who I am Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I had to move home I was um going to be moving to Savannah Georgia to be with him um and that is the day that I getting back to your point of of um resilience that was the, the literally the first day of my life that I felt like I was a resilient person and I went through some very dark dark times um and if it wasn't for the people around me, all of my friends, all of my family that built me back up. It took years, it took years. Um, you know, I, I, I still graduated cosmetology school. I still started that new job, that recruiting agency job in Portsmouth mm-hmm. because I knew that it was, I'm like, I have to do something. If I don't, if I just stay at home, um, I knew I, I wouldn't get out of bed. But those were something that I just had this fire in me, even when I didn't want to do anything, when I knew I didn't, I just felt like this, the shell of a human being truly and somebody who had to just completely grow from within again. Mm -hmm. Um, It was almost like I had like this like rebirth, (laughs) Um, but I truly, I don't think that I would be who I am today without that experience Mm. because it, it rocked my world. It, it shook me. Um, and I have said to my mom and dad before, I'm like, I kind of looked around when I was with this person and I'm like, my life is too good. And it's like, how can I say that? How can I say that my life is too good? That's not something that like the everyday person's like, you know, my life is too good around here. What's, what's going to happen. I just could feel something was off. Mm. Something wasn't right. And the thing that wasn't right was that relationship. Um, Mm. and I'm like, this is gonna, is this going to be the rest of my life? Um, and there were a lot of red flags that I, I had ignored. Um, so that was the pivotal part in my life. I was, um, I was 23 years old. Hmm. And so that was like six and a half years ago now. And every single day, I am so grateful for that experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful for that person because I wouldn't be who I am without that breakup. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I don't think, and it sounds silly when I, when I think it to myself, but it's so true. And I know that so many people can relate to it, whether or not it's a, sig- a significant other or a family member or a friend yep. um, or coworkers or anybody. Um, but people mean a lot to me and not just all the, all the good times, but the bad times, the bad times that yep. shape who you are and can allow you to, do better and become a better person be like, okay, well, I'm not
0: going to make that mistake again. Right. Wow. I, that gave me chills to be honest, because I can, (laughs) I can totally relate to cause I had a similar relationship a couple few years ago. I can't even remember, (laughs) but it was like very toxic. And the second that I broke up, with him, it was like, wow, this is a pivotal point. So even, even if people are listening and it's a best friend or someone very close to them, like, I feel like we all can relate in some way. That is so cool that you just shared that story because I feel like it gives like a full perspective to seriously how you got where you are today. Sometimes I'm like, you know, should
1: I share my story? And I'm like, is this too personal? But it's not. I want to share my story because Mm -hmm. I want people to know that you know, it's okay. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. But you have to make those hard decisions, like, you know, a breakup or, yeah. or um, telling somebody that like, this just isn't working for them, whether it's a relationship a friendship or, or any sort of yeah. um, relationship at all, whether it be with a coworker or a friendship or something. And yeah. it's, it's your life. Like mm-hmm. we have to take ownership or we're just going to be, I don't know. <laughs> Just going through the motions. And yeah. I don't
0: I'm somebody that just wants
1: to go through the motions.
0: Right. And I feel like now you have created your dream life, it seems, your dream career. You have a wonderful fiance that you're moving into your dream home with. Like if you did not make that sucky decision back six and a half years ago, you would not have had this opportunity now. So uh, absolutely not. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So for other dreamers or entrepreneurs listening right now. What can you tell them when they are looking to start their dream business? Like what, some advice that you can give them? My most simple advice,
1: do it, go for it. Mm -hmm. No matter how scary it is, start with step one. And step one is making the decision to commit yourself to that dream, Mm -hmm. um, just go for it. And it actually brings tears to my eyes because it's so many people can say, no, 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 don't. It's too risky. But if it's your dream, you have one life, like not to go down this, like not to get deep right now, but (laughs) you have one, one life. Why not do it? Yeah. Go for it. And it's it's don't let somebody else's opinion or somebody else's fear Mm. get in the way of your dream and there are gonna be days where you are like I can't do this those are the days that you need to just take a step back and go do something for yourself Mm -hmm. and it's okay to take a break it's okay to just be like okay you know what like feeling a little anxious i'm feeling like this is a little overwhelming it's okay to take a step back and pause mm. it's not going to happen overnight um and so my biggest my biggest piece of advice which i probably would roll my eyes to at this <laughs> is because it's so simple and it's right. but right. it's it's the most important decision the most important de- decision is to decide am I going to do this? And you have to decide that before you even go to step number two, which step number two is to just start. So step number one is to decide and make and and commit that to yourself that I'm, this is something that I'm going to do. And step number two is do it, go for it.
0: When you said you got emotional, like I can, relate to that as well, because I feel like people who have like a dream so deeply within them, like do get emotional when they're talking about their passions or their life journey? Because it's like every fiber of our body. So I can totally relate. I can't see you right now, but I am connecting so much (laughs) with you through your words. It's so powerful. That is so amazing. Everyone listening, I'm sure is getting so much out of this and Let's talk a little bit about your day-to-day, maybe on a more, um, less deeper note, but still so exciting. So how did you land your first client for hair?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, Well... I don't even, if I'm being completely honest, I don't even remember <laughs> my, oh, actually, no, I do. I do remember my very first client. So I worked for a salon. Um, it was a commission salon. So I wasn't, um, in, I wasn't independent at this time. So they booked my clients for me. My first client was a three year old little boy <laughs> who seemed, he was so cute and the sweetest. And the second that he got in my chair, and I turned on my clippers it was probably his worst nightmare oh my gosh and so that oh my gosh that is I, I haven't thought about that day in so many years um and I was just like oh my gosh Shani, like it's okay like don't worry about it like it's it's gonna be over in like five minutes and like we were trying to distract him with lollipops and and all like stuff, animals so and funny. all the things and his mom was like I kind of looked at his mom. I was like, maybe like we can try another day. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. It was just like, (laughs) he was my first client, but how I, um, (laughs) how I landed my, my first client, maybe when I, um, started independently was my girlfriends are the most supportive friends I've ever had. Um, and so they were so optimistic and wanted to support me. Um, And so I have some of the best friends in the entire world. And they were like, we are here for you. And um, so they were some of my first clients. And I just like, I think it's all about building relationships and, Mm. and how I gained my first client, not the little boy, not (laughs) the poor little boy will probably be (laughs) scarred from life, (laughs) but um, just starting with my friends and family for, for my first clients.
0: I love that. And that's so funny, the little boy. That's hilarious. <laughs> he probably thought he was like at the dentist or something. That's so yes. oh good. So the oh, first person kid. was not a bride. Um, but can you talk no. to us about your bride clients and like maybe one word that really describes your client nowadays? Um, so My
1: one word that probably describes my clientele nowadays are oh gosh, one word. Um, hmm,
0: one word is hard for me. I know, I know your Instagram (laughs) says blondes, balayage, and bridal. Those are three words, but (laughs) maybe those. So,
1: definitely, I mean, probably more like a lived in blonde, um, for my everyday clientele. Mm -hmm. um, and to describe them, they're just like, God, I love my clients so much. They are just the (laughs) most laid back, easygoing, um, lively. I think that's probably the word I would probably say lively. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, they trust me, which Mm -hmm. I, I love so much, but on the, on the bridal front, I think being, um, relatable, I think being relatable and obviously doing good work. Um, but Mm -hmm. I think that comes second. I think when it comes to brides, they want to feel like you care so much about their big day
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because it is the big, one of the biggest days of their lives. Um, and if it just feels like any other service to them, it's just, it's different. It's a totally different experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have to feel like they can trust you as well. Like trust you with their hair, their makeup. That is exactly how they're going to look in the photos that they're going to have for the rest of their lives. Are you going to show up that day? You know, I've heard stories about about, um, stylists or or vendors in general, not showing up. And it's like, how does that even happen? Um, And communication, communication is key as well. Um, But I think, brides and clients, they're the most, my, my people are, are just the liveliest. They go out there and they live their lives. They work hard. Um, and they're the most caring people in the world.
0: Oh, I love that. And I feel like even just talking to you, you're so caring and you're so kind. I can totally like picture, like spending hours with you, getting my hair done. That's I love that. (laughs) It's the best. best. (laughs) So, um, and I'm sure weddings in York, Maine are just absolutely stunning in the summer like I can only imagine
1: oh my like I don't know how they get more and more beautiful every single year but they do (laughs) I'm just how it's crazy my mind is just blown every single time and just like the vision that people have it's it's cool to see
0: Definitely. Oh, and I love just like design in general, like obviously, because I'm a designer, okay. but it's like, I love how it really emulates how the couple truly is like every single part of a wedding and just even how they do their hair, their makeup, mm-hmm. their dress, mm-hmm. all of it. It's just so amazing. Like how it all comes <laughs> to um, fruition. Um, right. Yeah, totally. Um, and you're getting married when sometime this year you said? Yes. We're oh, getting married. Oh, so Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. That's coming up. So you mm-hmm. won't do your own hair or will you? No,
1: <laughs> I have, um, I have been seeing the same hairstylist since I don't even know. I think I was like t- 10 or 11. Yep. Her name's Sarah. Um, she is probably my biggest role model. Um, she's incredible. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's so funny. She's like, Lauren, you do better, with, like bridal hair than me. What do you, why you, what are you sure you want me? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, we invited her and her husband to our wedding. Oh. That's like how close we are. And I'm just like, um, absolutely not. Like, you are going to be there. I, I don't want anybody else. Like <laughs> she's just am- she's just amazing.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I totally understand that cuz I've been going to the same hairdresser I think since I was born. She's been like our family friend. So I feel like eventually they just become part of your family. So I love that <laughs> yes yeah yes. and I had another hairdresser on um Zoe Woodman she's my age and she's just starting out um about to open her own salon possibly so it's so cool to hear both your stories in kind of parallel um but yeah I was talking to her about weddings and it's just so fun to hear but what is something that in your business nowadays is the most difficult about what you do possibly or what's something that's a little challenging Yes. Um, so I'm a huge people person.
1: And this goes both ways of hiring. Because So the salon that I own um, is a booth rental salon. So okay. some people don't really know the difference between commission and a booth rental salon. So just to touch upon that, um, a commission salon has employees. So mm. they have a boss, they have a manager, um, and they work for that salon. Where the salon that I have um, it's a little bit different. I don't have employees. Um, mm-hmm. You can almost think of the salon owner for a booth rental salon as almost like a landlord. Right. Um, so every stylist at a booth rental salon rents their own space. So every single chair is rented by that stylist. They, they make their own schedule. They, they get their own clients. Um, it's purely just a space to work. Mm-hmm. But where it is hard. And an every day um, setting is we have to work together. Um, mm. That's not, that's not the hard part. The hard part is, is finding the, like the best people that fit your salon culture. Mm. And that is the most important piece of the business for me, because it's still a place of work and you want to enjoy going to work, whether you're an employee or not, or not, you still want to get up every single day and be like, "I love where I work," mm-hmm. and I think if you love where you work, you're gonna put out your best work. Um, so the hardest part for me is is the hiring, but then also if it doesn't work out, letting go somebody, mm-hmm. um, and and that's it's okay because you're only bettering your business and it's something that just comes with owning a business. (laughs) But also on on the other side of, um, in the business of people, so clientele wise, you have to be true to yourself as, as the stylist and say, you know, is this client the best fit for me? Mm -hmm. Um, and they might be a better fit for another or for another stylist. Um, so it's it's really just it's because it's hard. You don't want to hurt people's feelings, mm. but at the end of the day, it is business. Um, and I'm such a personal person. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I I love relationships, but I also think um engendering relationships, it's best to keep people's um best interests in mind, mm-hmm. whether it be, you know, I just don't think this is the best fit. Mm-hmm. For me, um, or the salon. Yep. So I would say the just the relationships of people hiring and quote-unquote firing
0: yeah and I think a lot of small business owners can relate like my dad's a small business owner and Mm -hmm. I work for a small business it's just like that's the hardest part is the hiring and firing part because it's people take it personally even though you said it's a business thing and then also on the flip side like you were saying personal relationships when you're kind of in this relationship business it's like hard sometimes to depict between like personal versus like this is like you're my client as well so yeah exactly yeah yes that that's a really good point to bring up um and then what is like the most rewarding thing that's ever happened to you with your bridal clients or just clients in general um that you can share with us
1: so uh, I don't know if I have like one like pivotal point that was like the most enjoyable um but I think honestly getting the phone calls and the text messages and the emails of just saying like how much you either boost their confidence um, of getting either their hair and makeup done for their wedding um, or, or like having their hair done, um, you know, every six to 12 weeks. And mm-hmm. those messages are what make me, they it, it like fuels my every move to get out of bed in the morning and go do what I do because not because I enjoy it, but because they enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's, it's something that I enjoy, but it's, it makes me even happier to go do what I do when I get the text messages that are like, Lauren, you have literally like outdone yourself. I've never felt more confident in my skin. Mm -hmm. Um, and just seeing like the smile on their face and just them thanking me and i'm like this is your hair this is your face like this is you yeah. um and it's something that i always say like i am not changing who you are i'm enhancing the beauty that you already have um because it it's them yeah. and they may not believe it but i'm like this is you girlfriend like <laughs> or boyfriend like this is you <laughs> you came here with this canvas and i am purely just enhancing the beauty that you already have
0: I love that I love that because I feel like when it comes to beauty and like beauty standards in general sometimes like people overdo it and they're like covering their true self but I love you that you said enhance because I'm all about that like you are working with what you got and like you're just making it beautiful even more beautiful and like I agree. Like when I go to the hairdresser and I get my highlights, I get my haircut. Like I feel like 10 times better once I come out. So I can't imagine doing that like five times a day. That's so cool. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Cause they just feel like more themselves, you know, yeah. like, ah, oh, it's the best. I love that. Um, and then what are some resources that you can give, um, to fellow hairstylists listening or entrepreneurs in general? Like wh- who are some people who you've really like looked up to? Um. So, number one, Gary V. I
1: don't pronounce his last name, but Gary V. has got me gotten me through some pretty tough days. Um, he's just a straight shooter, and I'm not somebody that like likes when somebody kind of um masks something. Like, just give it to me straight because I'm gonna find out. You know, I'm gonna find it out the next day if mm-hmm. like I, I I don't need somebody to butter me up I just want to be told the truth and the hard truth mm-hmm. um about business and and business getting business advice and stuff um and then for the hair worlds, Gina Bianca is another straight shooter she it I think her her Instagram was like I am Gina Bianca I believe mm-hmm. um but she's somebody else that like she's a straight shooter, and sometimes I'm like, oh god, that hurts. Like, <laughs> but she's somebody who um, has grown her business through many, many trials and tribulations, and she has a podcast. Um, and so I listen to that podcast, and she she's also really great for people who just need business advice as well, because even though it's more hair focused
0: mm. it's
1: she does talk about just purely business and like um if you're in like a um if you're in the business of people she mm-hmm. has great advice you know she calls them clients but still it can be relatable to any sort of business that's in the business of people um and then i got to give it up to my parents <laughs> my parents have been like the biggest resource um and just like surrounding myself with the best friends and family ever, because um, like even though they're my family, um, they still give me like some of the best advice. And sometimes it's it's a it's a conversation that is a hard conversation, but I I get something out of it every single time. Mm-hmm. And we might not agree on everything at all, you know, in every single walk of life, but I gain
0: something from talking to them every single time. Oh my goodness. That episode was just so impactful, powerful. And that's why I love talking to fellow entrepreneurs. Um, so finally, can you please plug yourself? Where can people find you on your platforms? They can
1: find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is by Lauren Kenton. And then um, if they want to go one step further and show some love to the Opal Society, they can find us at um, or on
0: Instagram at the Opal Society. Perfect. Yes. So definitely reach out to her if you're in the area to get your hair done if you're getting married. So, (laughs) so exciting. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me, Lily. Thank you for listening in. Hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed this episode. And if that inspired you, I would love if you shared on your social media platforms and tagged me at lilygrace underscore lifestyle on Instagram. Or you can visit my website at www.lilygraceyork.com to see my show notes and leave a review as well. I would love to hear your feedback, so please tell me everything and anything that you learned today. Stay classy, stay bossy, and stay listening. Hey guys, if you like that episode and want to take your life to the next level, go check out Forte Journal. I created this self-love journal this past summer and it is all about self-awareness and finding inspiration in life. If you want to find more self-awareness and take your life to the next level and find success, this is the first step towards that. Go find it at Forte.journal on Instagram or Forte Journal on Etsy, and I'd be happy to give you a discount code, so DM me. Thanks, guys.